Hey, my beautiful friend. We are gonna have a heart-to-heart -heart today about comparison. This is one of the biggest things that comes up time and time again in my coaching, both in group setting and in one-on-one -on -one sessions. And so we're gonna dive into it today. I was really reflecting on this a lot as we are getting into the holidays, as we just passed Thanksgiving, as we're getting closer to Christmas here and New Year's. And so I really wanted to talk about it because I know God is placing it on my heart for a reason and it kept coming up time and time again. And this is something that can just really, really steal our joy. And so we're going to talk about 10 tips to stop letting comparison steal all of your joy. So Christmas, obviously high emotion time. You know, the holidays can really be a triggering time, especially for comparison. Pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, it's just full of so many triggers where we are vulnerable to comparison and maybe it's you know feeling a bit disappointed or sad kind of longing for what we don't have maybe it's jealousy that comes up feelings of inadequacy wondering if something's wrong with us having a hard time having patience in god's timing wishing we were more like or looked more like so and so we have blah 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 like so and so has if only i was as beautiful smart successful fit as this other person we often compare ourselves and our own kind of lesser qualities maybe or our faults what we view as our faults as to other people's best and maybe it's we get sort of this fear of missing out this anxiety or we feel worse after scrolling social media even if we it feels good in the moment maybe we're making impulse purchases online maybe we're feeling pressure to keep up with everyone what everyone else is doing or what they have maybe we're feeling disappointed in our body our life our holiday or how our family isn't as perfect as everyone else's maybe we find ourselves looking at other women wishing we had their home their body watching others progress in their careers or earn certain successes or wishing we were as confident as other people wishing we were as popular as other people had the same number of followers or likes on social media maybe it's other people's income we're comparing ourselves to maybe we're comparing ourselves to people who are in other seasons of life ahead of us or feeling behind or feeling resentful of like why not me wherever you are in this comparison steals so much of our joy it steals so much of our sanity our time energy our money and we can get so stuck in these feelings of jealousy and frustration and it drives guilt and shame it drives this discouragement and hopelessness about our own life and we spend so much energy just trying to keep up with everybody else and it can be really hard to get out of these ruminating thoughts and drive higher rates of depression anxiety overspending because we're pressured to keep up with the joneses right and so comparison is the fastest track probably towards our unhappiness it's just a recipe for misery and it keeps us focused on all the things we don't like about ourselves about our life and the really sad part about it is that it distracts us from our call it makes us doubt god's goodness our his faithfulness and doubt our own identity and another part too is that it makes us create walls of isolation with the women around us and we're made for connection and belonging but comparison and competition with other women and criticism of other women it isolates us because we get stuck in shame we are tearing ourselves apart for what we don't have or what we don't look like but on the other end of the spectrum we can tend to look towards other people's faults and criticize and compete with other people too to make ourselves feel better because we're in that place of inadequacy so we're going to talk today about how comparison competition criticism it really poisons our hearts and it is one of the ways that we are most distracted from the truth of how deeply loved we are in god's eyes and how we really lose regard for the dignity of heart of other women and womanhood in general becomes this sort of competition in our own mind and every woman around us is this competitor in a race and so we subconsciously end up believing that tearing other people down is the way that we get ahead 
we find women that we think are doing better in every single arena, we grow insecure, and it's a slippery slope into self-hatred. God desires for us to love who he's made us to be, but if the devil can cause us to hate who we are, that will overflow into every single aspect of our life, because if we can't love ourselves first, we can't really deeply and sincerely love the people around us. So let's break this cycle, my friend. We absolutely can grow in this. We can train our mind and we can reform the disposition of our heart to do things differently and to be purified in this, to be matured in Christ in this. We are not stuck and God's grace can transform our hearts. And so we're going to go through 10 tips today that you can apply right away in this Christmas season, but just in every aspect of your life moving forward as well. So I pray that this blesses you today. So let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. Tip number one, begin with gratitude. So I know we can kind of roll our eyes when we talk about gratitude sometimes because it's one of those things that we hear all the time. But the reality is if we take even just a couple minutes every single day to be thankful to and to praise God for all of the blessings in our lives and the provision that he has for us, our day will be transformed and we will have a much better receptivity to all of those gifts that God is giving us that oftentimes we're so focused on everybody else and everything else that we lose sight of. And so if we can just take that moment to pause either in our minds or even in a journal, prayer journal, and think about like even 10 tiny simple things that we're grateful for, it can just make all the difference in the world. So with gratitude, one of the things that I want you to focus on is drawing your attention to how God has been faithful to you up until this point and how he's faithfully providing for you right now. And it's easy to dismiss gratitude as a sort of toxic positivity, but we are called to a disposition of heart and always giving thanks to God, especially through even and even through the storms and the struggles, because he is always with us. He doesn't promise that it'll be easy, but he always promises to be with us. And so no matter what we're walking through, no matter what values we're in, there's always something to be thankful for. And in my group coaching community, we begin every single call with reflecting on what we're grateful for from the week. And it's just so incredibly powerful because most of the time it's actually gratitude for God's faithfulness through our trials. And it's not the surface level blessings or just the good things that are going on in our lives. It's actually how God is bringing good through even the suffering, through the adversity. And it just really trains our minds to have this perspective of being grounded in praise and thanksgiving for God and all that he's doing and all that he's working as our default, you know, as our default in our heart and our mind and our soul and all the amazing things, we get to see how life is not just happening to us. We're not just a victim to it, but all the things that God is doing for us, for our good, for the good of the world. And so in this way, being grounded in gratitude just makes releasing comparison a million times easier. Number two, be aware of your triggers. And so what are those things that tend to spark either envy, jealousy, inadequacy? When do those emotions and sensations tend to kind of rear their ugly heads? So that I really want you to think of as an area that you can really, you're being invited to nurture in your relationship with God, in your relationship with yourself and others. And so how can you 
take healthy, practical ways to grow there? And how can you tend to your mental and emotional health in that place, your self-image in that place? And that's an area also where we might be triggered over the holidays, especially. That's an area we can really set boundaries in so that we can proactively avoid those triggers or we can set ourselves up to protect our peace more. And so if you haven't already listened to my episode 25 on how to set loving boundaries, this is really a kind of comprehensive guide to setting boundaries with more confidence and compassion so that you can protect your mental health so you can stay aligned with your own priorities and your values over the holiday season and especially if you're with extended family or just in general this is going to be really helpful for you i know i had so many so many different roadblocks that i've overcome over the last couple years in learning how to set boundaries and failing in this learning the hard way and so this is really going to help you kind of assess where you're at with this and where boundaries might be needed and give you a ton of tools to practically implement them in your own life so that's my second is to be aware of your triggers and then nurture that area and then focus on setting boundaries in that area to protect your peace number three is social media all right my friend again if you haven't listened to my recent episodes on this episode 27 and 28 we dive into how attached we are with our phones with social media how addicted we tend to be and the painful truth about what this is all stealing from you how it's stealing your mental health your time your presence and how to break your attachment to it and to really discern its role in your life in a proper role so that it's not an idol so that it's not causing you to sacrifice your faith your family your well-being and so if you struggle to put your phone down if you tend to find yourself mindlessly scrolling social media or feeling pressure to compare yourself to other people on it and to keep up with what everyone else is doing there, then please go listen to this episode. But just the gist of what I really want to say with social media here is that it bombards us with all the things that we lack. We are just in a constant comparison trap when we are in social media. It makes us doubt and question every aspect of our lives. It makes us compare our life to everyone else's highlight reels. In social media, we all know it doesn't reflect reality. It is not a complete picture, no matter what. And it's hard to be on social media and to not automatically and even both consciously and subconsciously be comparing ourselves to others. Our body isn't beautiful or thin enough. Our house isn't Pinterest worthy enough. Our kids aren't well behaved enough. Our families aren't perfect enough. Our clothes aren't trendy enough. It makes us feel like we are not enough. And it's this 24 seven access to view the best parts of everyone else's lives right on our phone. And so if we're dwelling on the highlights of other people's lives, it can become very toxic. And yes, it can make us feel a million times more worse about ourselves, about our own lives inevitably. And so we can spend all kinds of money, emotional energy, just trying to keep up with a life we think everyone else is living that we're missing out on. And so yes, it ruins our mental health. It ruins our relationship with God and the people who matter most to us. Takes our focus off of of other people in front of us and it causes us to focus instead on people through a phone, right? And to focus on other people's lives instead of our own life in front of us. So I just encourage you, I really am compelling you today to go ahead and listen to those episodes if you haven't already. And I'm doing a social media fast for 30 days off of Instagram. I still am I'm on Facebook, but I just check it every once in a while. It's not a big deal for me at all. But if you're really struggling to appreciate the blessings in your own life or feeling kind of unsatisfied with your own life, if you're tending to compare yourself to other people, it's not going to help constantly looking at others. So put your blinders up, unfollow accounts that make you feel bad about yourself if it's, it tends to probably be either fitness accounts, lifestyle, oh man, my little guy's waking up, so I'm gonna have to pause and get back to you in a second, but it tends to probably be those lifestyle, the home accounts, the beauty content, you know, super fit influencers, so those things are gonna probably have a negative impact on your self-worth, so set timers, set limits to your scrolling, put your phone away when you want to be fully present, 
when you feel a pull to check instagram to check facebook constantly ask yourself why are you bored are you uncomfortable are you seeking affirmation connection with other people are you feeling emotions you don't really want to feel and looking for an escape can you turn to god instead can you turn to a loved one or a healthier outlet to spend time instead of filling the void with social media and distractions so make sure you're controlling social media and your consumption and not the other way around make sure it's not controlling you or your life if you're attached to it if you feel addicted to it go listen to my podcast episode and take your life your mental health your presence and your time back that's what i have to say about there that was pretty fiery but truly it steals so much from us if we are not vigilant about it all right just got the older one back to sleep tried to nurse the little one back to sleep he was not he was not falling back asleep so after 30 minutes of trying we're, we're just up here we are got him set up with some cheerios and it is 5 30 in the morning so we'll see how he does so number four is that remember everyone is fighting their own battles and that these are often unseen and invisible nobody is perfect and what we see on the outside we shouldn't be comparing you know from others to our inside and so yes we are going to see people's best moments on social media but we don't witness the struggles and the same thing most of us feel a lot of pressure to sort of put on a face to hold it all together on the outside but oftentimes we might feel like we're a mess on the inside or we're struggling and we're wondering why everyone else is able to hold it all together but we're really having a hard time and you know i think we tend to feel like that strength strength is in holding it all together but it's it's completely not true and we really never know what other people are going through and so that quote of you know you never know what other people are going through what battles are fighting so be kind i think it also applies to not just other people but also to ourselves in addition to others right we don't know what other people are going through so let's not compare ourselves to other people because things are probably not as good as it might seem on the outside and many of us are fighting all these insecurities and self-doubts and fears those things are universal insecurity self-doubt fear that's universal it's a part of our human experience and so even most the most confident people feel insecure sometimes feel imposter syndrome and all of those things so see other people in the context of their own story just as much as you are seeing your yourself in yours and being in a community where you have a safe space to share those struggles together can just be such a difference maker and being aware that you are not alone and to not feel shame and feeling like you are alone when you're not really number five is to celebrate others so cheer on other people and their milestones in romans 12 15 we're told rejoice with those who rejoice and i was talking with one of my friends about this one time and she as she was in my group coaching community and she shared you know i always thought collaboration was the opposite of competition but I see now that celebration can actually mean so much more. And it's so true because when we're in this state of constantly comparing and competing with other women, we have, we have this idea that just because someone else is winning or they're successful or whatever it might be, we're losing. It's, but it shouldn't be a threat to us. Other people's success has nothing to do with you. It doesn't have to mean something about you or make you less than. And so we can really grow in our capacity to celebrate other women's success sincerely while continuing to work towards our own. Bless you, little buddy. (laughs) And so, you know, I think something that's really important to think about is we often do put up walls of isolation and we shut ourselves off from learning from, from receiving mentorship from. From connecting with and collaborating with or celebrating those who really inspire us because we feel that twinge of jealousy towards whatever they have or what they've accomplished 
or it makes us feel insecure. But I encourage you, I, I'm really compelling you today, look to others as inspiration instead of as a threat. Look at it as a catalyst for maybe positive change. So who do you admire? Who are you almost afraid to talk to? Who do you tend to admire from the outside who may might make you kind of in some ways feel like you wish you were there or you wish you had what they had or you um, just instead of allowing it to to make it mean that you're less than how can you draw wisdom from them how could you reach out and ask for advice how could you tell them they inspire you how could you compliment them rather than turning inward and criticizing yourself because you see you know what they're doing look at them as a source of inspiration for what's possible instead of I know, I know, you want my mouse. Instead of feeling envious about others' accomplishments, get curious about how they may have gotten there, how they may have been able to achieve them. Um, you know, it, it's easy, again, to compare our behind-the-scenes to other people's big moments. So when it comes to celebrating other successes, we often focus on other people's successes, but not the thousands of hours of hard work and everything they did to prepare to make that possible. The determination that it took, the discipline that it took, the you know, many, many times in prayer and the inner work that it may have taken. And so let it open you up to the possibilities rather than getting you down on yourself. Draw wisdom wisdom from rather than comparing to other people and their successes. And I think comparing and competing with other women is such a huge problem within the military especially. And as mothers too, we are so judgmental of each other. So we really need to support each other. We already don't have enough support from society oftentimes in the workplace and so many different things. And so, you know, when we feel that pressure to prove ourselves through our performance, to compete with other people, to compare ourselves to others, especially when we are tending to already feel that pressure to have to overcompensate for being one of the only women in the room as we're breaking these barriers let's just say through pregnancy postpartum or whatever it is we have to remember everybody's experience is different and just because one person did or could do something or maybe we could or did something doesn't mean that it's appropriate as an expectation or reasonable for every single person motherhood is hard enough to begin with being a woman in our profession is hard enough to begin with we don't need extra pressure and extra stress and we don't need to be pitting ourselves against each other So we can absolutely celebrate what others are capable of, what other women achieve, without letting it mean something about us or without it taking away from someone else in their journey. And also, just because someone else was able to do something, it doesn't mean that, you know, that has to necessarily be the new standard that we're comparing everyone else to. So we can be so much more gentle with ourselves and with other people. There's already this lack of support we're fighting an uphill battle against. Let's not make it even worse by not supporting each other, by comparing, by criticizing, by judging, by putting even more pressure on each other. I want to share a story from one of my group coaching members. And she was talking one day about how, as she was reflecting on this journey of being part of this community and really doing this inner work, she didn't realize how toxic her relationship with other women at work was and how she was constantly feeling pressure to compete with and even criticize and judge other women because of the same standards she was holding herself to and again that pressure to produce to prove herself uh, by what she accomplished by constantly feeling this pressure to outperform other women and so it was leading to this unhealthy relationship with other women as well as herself even more burnout and she was tying so much of her self-image and her identity to it and she didn't even realize it so i'll share a reflection that she wrote because i think it really gives witness to this struggle So she says, vulnerable moment, I am struggling. I'm really struggling with perfectionism and expectations, management of my energy, time, and effort. I have a tendency to expect perfection and success in what I do. And especially since almost everything I've ever done in the army has been based on an OML, a performance ranking, 
<laughs> bless you, William. A rack and sack comparison or expectations to outperform, be the best, and blaze trails as a female and as a leader. This hurts. And I think it's been hurting me for a long time, and I'm only realizing that it may be more toxic at times than others recently. And when culturally success and fulfillment are based so heavily on outward performance and aspects of comparison, it becomes so easy to get tunnel vision to constantly outperforming yourself that you can't stop to appreciate the small successes or immeasurable wins. And yes, it's good to want to achieve, to perform, to be the, to the best of my abilities, but I need to acknowledge my best and my burnt out. So I think that was a really beautiful reflection that just gives so much of an example of, yeah, how, especially when we're in these competitive environments, like we are in the military, and we're one of the only, if not the only, woman maybe in our team or within our organization, or we are blazing these trails, and we can feel that pressure to really earn our value in a lot of ways and to prove our worth. And so with all of that can come not only those internal pressures that we're feeling and the tendency to compete and compare with other women, but also that tendency to even, you know, be become overly critical with ourselves, but also with others. And so it's just important to recognize how those things are all related to the context that we're operating in as well. So number six is to water your own grass rather than focusing on looking at the grass on the other side and believing that it's greener. So what we focus on expands. So losing we are losing time to invest in our own growth and in who God is calling us to become and in the life that we are meant to give to the world when we spend all this time comparing ourselves and our path to someone else it's this lost time in creating our own path and walking the path that god has laid before us and so we're giving away our worth we're giving away our time so much valuable mental real estate that we are spending when we are just constantly constantly comparing ourselves to others so focus on nurturing your own garden of contribution refocus your tendency to compete with other people towards your own dreams towards your own goals towards your own journey and honor your growth and celebrate who you're becoming along the way ways that God is guiding us in really becoming sanctified through the different challenges in our lives. And as we embark on maybe our motherhood journey or in our marriage and the different seasons of life, as we stretch, he's He's really forming us into who he's calling us to become. And we can't even see his faithfulness through those hardships when we're so focused on other people and comparing our lives to others and to continue to focus on growing and cultivating those virtues that God is calling us to, we will have way less time or energy to spend comparing and competing with other people. And it's it's kind of neat to see the ways in which, yes, I'm very competitive, but at the same time, I've grown out of competing with other people and placing my worth in that. And I'm instead focusing on, it's almost like a healthy competition with myself, but more so of like, okay, I'm always wanting to grow and learn and improve and to share that growth with the people around me. And so that's what I'm really inviting you into as well through this journey with me on the podcast, but also in any of my communities or in one-on-one coaching. All right, number seven is to accept where you are and to know that God has you where you are for a reason and then to move forward from there. So when we really have that kind of radical honesty about where we are, where we might need to grow, and we can't really change something we don't acknowledge. So instead of resisting or fighting where we are by constantly wishing we were somewhere different when we're comparing ourselves to other people, we can say yes to the call of the moment and from that place make decisions that are going to move us into the direction that we really desire to go and to continue to surrender those desires and those dreams that we have for whatever future it is that we hope for to the Lord and to know that 
he has beautiful plans laid out for us that are much better than we could ever imagine. But that first step is always that self-awareness. And so, you know, God has given you your story for a reason. It's your trials, your tribulations, and those victories, those triumphs, right? And they can all be used for, for his glory. And he wants to work all things for good. So how is your story to include the hard parts, to include the messy parts, to include those parts that you're like, I have no idea why God has me where he has me right now. I feel like, you know, I'm not where I'm meant to be or those things that are causing a lot of pain in your life right now. How is that actually helping form you into who you're meant to be? Maybe it's a refining by fire in some ways, but God is with you in that fire. We can be thankful for our scars because they often draw us closer to the Lord and into greater relationship and dependence on him. So your struggles, your pain, your failures, your wounds, your weaknesses, all of these things, they're guiding you towards your unique purpose. I really believe they're a compass towards our contribution. And so, you know, on a specific note on that front, if you feel triggered by certain things when you are falling into comparison with other people, if you're noticing a pattern there, then it's a cue that there's inner work that can be done there. And, and maybe it's an area that God is calling you to grow or wants you to, you know, connect with that person, maybe to collaborate with them, to learn from them in some way. So those deepest desires we have, those deepest dreams, and those areas of insecurity oftentimes are really a window into where we're called to move and where we're called to grow. Or maybe it's a particularly painful trigger for us because God has a lesson for us there. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what that is for you, but I think you should explore it. If there's some things that are continually coming up that are patterns, because maybe it's an area that's an idol for you in your life. Maybe it's an area that, you know, God wants to heal your relationship with yourself or with your past or with him, or maybe it's with your body or really any number of things that you might be placing your worth in that he wants you to continue to heal in. And so I just encourage you to really take the time to explore that. Number eight is to be willing to examine your own self-talk. Be your own best friend and treat yourself as you talk to somebody you care about, you know? And so one thing is to stop shooting all over yourself. And we often do this so much and it's like, okay, I should have this by now. I should be here by now. I should be further along by now. I should be doing this. I sh instead of should, can we instead reframe it to, I choose, I want to, or I get to. And just even just making that simple switch of your language in your mind when you're talking to yourself and when you're talking about, you know, the things that you might be carrying on your plate, it is a much more empowering small shift, but it makes a big difference. And so we don't have to be a victim to our circumstances and to our responsibilities. We, we get to choose. We, we, oftentimes they can be blessings that we're treating as burdens. And so look at the language that you're using with yourself and don't allow yourself to tolerate just beating yourself up constantly. It's basically a form of verbal, verbal abuse we're tolerating in ourselves. And so just look at that and be like, you know, what standard do I want to really hold myself to and, and treating myself with kindness and respect as well? And that's going to help you do the same for the people around you. All right, took a little bit of a pause uh, for the kids and now resuming later in the afternoon. William is napping. Uh, Matthew is preoccupied FaceTiming daddy who's over in Missouri and is going to finally travel to see us over Christmas tomorrow. So hopefully I'll have a couple minutes to finish this up for you. So I want to share something that one of my group coaching members had shared about really reducing the negative self-talk and the impact that this journey has had on her in that. So what she said was, what has been the most impactful about my experience in the mastermind group so far has been the transformation of my mind and thinking, becoming aware of what I tell myself and how what I tell myself impacts my experience of the circumstances around me has brought a lot of freedom. I realized that I don't have to be a slave to my emotions or to patterns of thinking that have dominated my mind for years. 
My mindset can change, and with that change in mindset can come a completely different experience of the same circumstances. I've also learned to be kinder to myself. The way I treat myself is not the way that I would treat another woman, and is also not the way that God intends for me to treat myself. I've learned, and I'm learning to give myself more grace, and to reassess and change the often unrealistic standards I put on myself and my work. And I'm only just beginning this mental work, and I'm so expectant for what God will continue to do through my time in this community. And this was like, I think a month and a half to maybe two months at the most into her time in my group coaching experience. And now she's been a part of the group for almost a year now, which is crazy to think about. I think it's been probably about 10 months for her. And it's just so beautiful and incredible to see the growth and just the way that God has worked through it. And so just very much in awe of that. But it gives you a sense of, yeah, we really do have so many opportunities to grow in learning how to see ourselves in the way that God sees us. And I think when we are rooted in our identity in him, then we can really embrace that and then live in that freedom. All right, number nine, my nine tip for you is to remember your strengths and God-given gifts. So when we are really able to recognize and accept the truth about who we are, we can also see what we uniquely have to offer and those gifts that God has given us. And yes, there's going to always be someone who's more, you know, maybe smarter, who's more qualified, who's, um, you know, more fit than we are or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is, but we are irreplaceable to the world. No single person has the same combination of spiritual gifts, of temperament, of our story, our unique personality, and so many different facets to offer the world. No one else is made like you. God created you uniquely, and you were born for such a time as this. So, you know, whether we have imposter syndrome, whether we are, you know, not necessarily feeling like enough in different areas of our life, whether we are not sure if we have what it takes, whether we find ourselves constantly comparing ourselves to others and feeling down about that, instead of beating ourselves up, focus on growing in self-compassion and kindness to yourself. And, you know, just continue to really grow in not tolerating the kind of abuse that we allow ourselves to receive just from our own negative self-talk and you can change that and so that's what I really want to reinforce to you there be your own ally be your own friend and that's going to help you then be a friend to the women around you as well last number 10 is to remember that money material things accomplishments titles degrees external achievements all of these things they don't buy our happiness the world will define these things as valuable and these things as success and the world will idolize all these things, but they're not really going to actually be what brings us the most meaning and depth and lasting joy and fulfillment. So, you know, these things don't solve our problems. The world is going to tell us this all day. The world's going to dangle it in front of our eyes. Our social media is going to dangle it in front of us and basically try to convince us that, you know, we have to chase after all of these things and then we're going to be happier. We're going to be more satisfied. And the truth is like though all the external success in the world, throwing ourselves into doing more, doing more, it's not going to help us to feel more worthy. Constantly chasing those things that we feel like, okay, if we accomplish this, we're going to finally feel like enough. That's only really preventing us from the true deep relationship and intimacy with the Lord that is going to bring us the lasting fulfillment because only that can be found in Christ. And sometimes I think we can you know, continue to throw ourselves into doing more because we are running from something that we don't want to face that's uncomfortable or the we're doing that out of a sense of inadequacy. And so be willing to explore, just explore your own brokenness, explore your own messiness and just recognize we need a savior. We aren't enough on our own and that's okay. And I think our, I've realized so much of my life in throwing myself into doing, 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 is often coming from this sort of place of an inadvertent, I guess, uh, unintentional um, 
tendency to deny my own need for a savior, right? Trying to prove that, yes, I can do it. I can do it. But it's coming from my own strength. And that's not the most joyful way to live. The most joyful way to live is actually in that peaceful surrender that comes from accepting that, yes, we are completely dependent on the Lord for every single breath. And every single moment that we have on earth is a gift and it's not guaranteed. And so Christmas is not about the gifts. It's not about the material things. And all those material things in the world are not going to buy happiness. It's not how full our underneath the Christmas tree is, whether you get your children the latest and greatest of whatever it is, whether your husband knew the perfect gift to give you. Whenever you find yourself feeling disappointed in your Christmas, not looking as ideal or as perfect or feeling like you want it to feel, I think that's a really good cue for just to examine our hearts and to know that that might be evidence that okay, we we have to kind of take that step back and remember that Jesus really is the focus. And if we're feeling that sense of disappointment, then that is a cue and a sign that we may have lost the focus on Christ during Christmas. And so we can reorient our gaze to the Lord where he will really meet all of those desires of our hearts if we allow him to and we open our hearts to it. And so again, just to reinforce a couple of things here, comparison, competition, criticism, you know, condemnation like self-condemnation and also the sort of harsh judgment and standards we can hold others to as much as ourselves this poisons our hearts it really does and our society our culture it pits us against each other and so I want to give you the encouragement that the antidotes to these things are oftentimes more compassion with ourself and with other people curiosity with again with other people and their stories um, with you know I instead of looking and being insecure about somebody else's success or feeling like it's a threat to us just drawing inspiration and wisdom from that and saying you know I, I wonder getting curious about it I wonder like how this was possible I wonder you know what kind of discipline was required for her to become that kind of a person who's capable of doing that or whatever it is so curiosity with ourself with our triggers with others connection deep connection with other women it breaks down those walls because we can put those walls up of isolation unintentionally because we are comparing and competing instead of connecting with other people and so when we connect with the heart of other women we can see we're not alone in our struggles and everyone has those battles that they're facing internally and it's oftentimes not necessarily evident on the surface collaboration is another really big one if we are collaborating with other women more than we're competing with and comparing ourselves to then we're going to be in a good place and the last one like the most elevated version i think is really celebrating other women in their stories in their successes in everything in between and again the unique gifts that we all have to offer the world and knowing that god our god is a god of abundance and so you know we can fall into a lot of different scarcity mindsets in our lives in that that's what the comparison and competition tends to be about is we feel like there's this scarcity of resources of success or whatever it might be opportunities so we must first be grounded in who we are as God's beloved daughters and that's going to help us above all to really release the hold that comparison competition tends to have on us we don't have to run the race against other women we can run this race that God has set before us with other women with Christ at the center and that's what we're called to do we're not called to run it against each other or be pitted against each other we if we tend to fall into that we're going to just miss out on the depth of friendship and fellowship that God really desires for us and how much strength we can gain from one another and that's just been one of the greatest gifts on my own journey and in cultivating the community that I have is we really have this 
beautiful culture within my group coaching community of appreciating, of admiring, of celebrating one another. So any of those sort of weeds of, well, let's just say bitterness, resentment, comparison, any of those things, like they're just completely broken down because we see each other as the gifts that we really are. We encourage one another. We pray for each other. We lean on each other when we're weak in our brokenness, in our struggles. And we, we are not alone in any of those things. And we can be, we have the safe space where we can be vulnerable with each other. And those walls come down and it's just a, and so I just pray for you wherever this is most difficult. May your heart be opened. May your heart in any of those places where it's hardened just become softened to the way the Lord wants to give you more grace so that any of those places that have been hurt, that have been wounded, they can really become a compass towards who he, he's calling you to be and how he wants you to connect with other women, how he wants you to be healed in this and to ultimately contribute to the world. And so this Christmas and always, I, I pray for that for you. And if this speaks deeply into your heart and you want to continue walking together in this and breaking free from the trap of comparison and to stop letting it cripple you, I'd love to support you in either one-on-one -on -one coaching or in my group coaching community. I will give you the practical tools, scripts, mindset shifts, and just create the safe space to really process and work through this and the ways that it, it is arising in different situations in your life in a very practical sense. And so this is what we wholeheartedly embrace together in my group coaching community and all of the women that our I coach are very, very driven. Many have been either competitive athletes their whole life or in very competitive environments like the military or just have really high standards for themselves. And we tend to be very critical of themselves and in the pursuit of their goals. And so this can be just be very healing. And so I believe in you. I believe in the work God is doing in your heart. I'm with you. And please don't hesitate to reach out if I can support you in any way. I pray this bless you today and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. All right. Talk to you later, friend.